Welcome to Moving On. Here you will get expert information, tips, and most importantly, the tools to moving on to a healthy, happy, and thriving life that you want to be living. Letting go of whatever is holding you back, whether you are in an unhealthy relationship or learning how to be in a healthy one, or maybe you are in a job that you've been dying to move on from, Learn to let go of what's holding you back and become the thriving, healthy, and happy person that is inside you. Welcome to Moving On. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Moving On, where I talk to an expert about how they moved on in their personal life, their professional life. In some way, they've gone through some big transition, and that has brought them here to where they currently are in their life and ready to share their story with you. So today I have with me Megan Wallace-James. Hey, Megan. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Megan. Her bio to me was really fascinating when I was reading and I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> this is great. So Megan Wallace-James, a Los Angeles-based Feng Shui consultant, has designed a modern take on the practice with a particularly intriguing goal. It might help improve your sex life. Who can't love this, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she fell in love with Feng Shui three years ago thanks to a trio of events, a cross-country move, a home renovation, and a sudden divorce. A former engineer and fashion designer, wow, that, I, I want to talk more about that too, for sure. <laughs> Um, she created her technique with patience, time, and bold experimentation, making sure to listen to her home and possessions while researching the core principles. To test her process, she sent an email to the mothers at her son's preschool offering free consults. Via these consults, I discovered that one, I'm a baby whisperer and can get kids to sleep through the right or through the night, high through the night, by rearranging their bedrooms, and two, that sensuality within a home is pivotal and primordial, for in its absence, the energy is soggy and weak. It was those initial consults that allowed her to create her modern take on Feng Shui, a passionate trifecta of space, style, and sex, which applies to every one of her clients. Wow, that is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I love it. It excites me on the daily. That's awesome. Okay, so let's go back in time. Back okay. to, you know, you were living elsewhere. Where were you living before? I was in New York City. I did a um, master's program in fashion design, leaving engineering. I had been a manufacturing engineer and I had, you know, was kind of forced to study engineering by my father. I'm the oldest of four. And he said, you can go anywhere you want for school as long as it's within a five hour drive of Pittsburgh and you major in engineering, or you can like go your own way. So I was like, uh, I'll do that. <laughs> wow. I don't, I wanted to go to, to Paris and study fashion, but I thought, Oh, Ohio and engineering, I'll end up, I'll end up there eventually. So, um, moved to New York to go to Parsons and then coming out of that program, it's a two year program. I had money for one year, so I did it all in one year. And uh, met the man I married. And we lived in New York together maybe for five or six years. And we had a one-year-old, and he was dead set on um, California. And to be fair, he had been since we were dating. I just never thought we would make the change. He had been in Manhattan 25 years. So we came out here, 
And it was just a whole new world um, in terms of, I had never lived on the West Coast. I had never had to dr drive, it, it, silly things, but it was just like culture shock completely. I can and then, imagine, yeah. I was gonna and we started renovating right on top of all of that. So it just was very discombobulating. Yeah, I would say those are like two major life changes together. That's a lot. So, and throw in motherhood, yeah. It was, yeah. and leaving your job, and it was all the changes in one. That's a lot. So going back a little bit, though, why was your dad so hellbent on you going to engineering? What was the deal with that? I'm just curious. Um, I mean, he would say to me, I think you're going to be divorced one day, and you need a technical degree to support yourself. You know, you're, you're a very complicated woman and was just, you know, I guess ahead of the time was STEM, you know, for women. And I was very good at math and sciences, but I was really into a lot of things. And I, I don't, you know, it's so hazy. We had so many big disagreements. It was a very complicated relationship and we've made peace with that to, to a degree much greater than I ever thought possible. And he's, you know, we've talked a lot about his intentions, how it was perceived by me. And then you can't, up, you can't go back and say, well, was it the right or the wrong thing? Because it happened and a technical degree certainly doesn't hurt. And it has helped me in a lot of instances. And even with the way I feng shui, it's super pragmatic, it's super efficient. And then we add in a whole lot of other stuff. Um, I don't know. I just, he, he wanted to give me the tools he thought I needed in the world as a woman who, um, you know, we, we, we live very much in a patriarchy and you can open doors through, uh, certain avenues. And I think he thought that was the best avenue versus, you know, doing catalog modeling and, and studying fashion, which is what I was probably going to do left to my own devices. That's interesting. I know it, it's like, I know that there is a similarity though with creativity and engineering. I know that those do go together. Most people don't think of them together or science and creativity, but I absolutely believe they do. I was just curious because it just, yeah, it's just, it's funny because I've never heard of a dad saying to a daughter, oh, you need to go into engineering. Usually it would be something else. That's why I was asking, but um, so your dad thought you were a complicated woman. Were you very young when he said this or? I mean, I am complicated and I was complicated and it's funny. I have two sons and my eldest is going through some growing pains and there's some rhyme and reason to, you know, this oldest child is able to press buttons that maybe the others just can't access or don't have to access because the eldest is. Um, I study a lot of patterns in family origins and birth order and I think I'll start to get into epigenetics as time goes on, but we, I just, I don't know, I, I must have pressed his buttons and, and there was a lot of violence in our home and a lot of chaos. And I just, I've always been someone where if I don't agree with what's going on, I'm going to speak up and I'm going to try and change the system. Um, this, this saying came to me when I was birthing my first son, I heard that you are here to heal cycles of abuse through beauty. And that took me years to unpack. I'm still unpacking it, but I believe it's rooted in my um, childhood, which was very beautiful in a lot of ways, but very, very tough in a lot of ways. And 
instead of just doing what I was told, I would try to figure out the why and the how and how do we make it more efficient? How do we infuse beauty? And then you've got parents raising kids, working, renovating a house, and they're kind of like, well, to hell with you and your systems, just please do what you're told or, or don't even strike the please, just do what you're told. Right. So, I mean, these are, these are deep, deep things, but. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. And my audience does too. I mean, the work that I do is very deep, so they're used to deep. So don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm not, but you know, it's yeah. a hard answer to give to unpack. Um, that's the word I keep using, unpack all of these deep layers. Yeah. So moving ahead, um, you got your degree though. You went back and did um, your fashion degree. So did you do anything with that? Did you work in fashion for a while? Well, I worked as an engineer for a few years um, in both. Um, I was a business technology analyst for a big consulting firm traveling Monday through Thursdays and then um, project controls engineering, actually closing out multi-million dollar punch lists, which is now like all I do with my clients punch lists. But um, I went to Parsons and then I did, I designed a women's collection for a designer named Billy Reed, who's going through the CFDA um, process at the time. He won designer of the year. It was a very exciting time. He was starting to show again. I had interned for a company where I helped with their fashion shows. So I did a lot of that with Billy. And then I went, um, changed course and went into corporate fashion and worked for Ralph Lauren, but not for long because I was like, this is why I left corporate America. And I, you know, it's these cycles heal cycles of abuse through beauty. So we do the same thing until we don't do it. And it, sometimes we need that lesson many, many times. So leaving Ralph Lauren, I knew I would never go work for a big company again. Not that they're wrong. It just is not a fit for, I want to wear a lot of different hats. And you don't do that when you, um, when you work for a very well-organized corporation. That's very true. I've always said that because I'm an entrepreneur myself and I always felt like that. And I was actually having a conversation about it the other day. And it's really mm -hmm. interesting because it isn't, it isn't wrong. There's different strokes for different folks, really. 100%. And, and that's, I mean, that's kind of why I share my feng shui. I want people to find out who they are. And that's a, that's a lifelong endeavor. But if I can help them peel back a few layers through these visual metaphors, you know, because it took took me a while, I, I believe, to really find my, my role in the grand scheme of things. And I can blame dad or I can blame a bum marriage, but it just took its time for me right. to have the confidence to say, you know, I'm not that employable. I better start my own thing and, you know, use with the, the strange variety of skill sets that I have. It's interesting though, because I think a lot of people struggle when they have different skill sets to put them together because I think, think too much. I think people overthink it. I think they oh, get yeah. stuck, you know, there and they don't take the action. Well, I had a, a girlfriend who's a mentor to me in a lot of ways and she's a primary breadwinner of her family and a phenomenal nutritionist. And she just kept saying, Megan, it's really easy. Like, just start a business where you are you. And I'm like, that's not easy. What, what does that mean? You know, I don't, and it was easy to her looking in on my life, but I didn't 
I didn't start my business. It started itself when I had my back up against a wall trying to feed my two kids. So I don't know if I ever would have started it had the universe not forced me to because of that tendency to overthink and want to perfect a container as opposed to just letting it. I tell my clients we need to relax into the reveal. I'm really bad at doing that, but you know, it's, it's tough just to relax into what wants to be birthed. I love that. And I use that metaphor a lot when it comes to what wants to be birthed, because a lot of times we have such a limited idea of what reality can actually be. And then yes. we attach, right? And we attach to all these goals and then we don't even know if we really want them. We don't even know if that's really what we're here to have be born through us. Oh, I mean, do you see that all the time with your clients? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I do see it with people in my life, you know, yeah. where it's a struggle. And I think, you know, you can make this so much easier and get out of your own way and allow. So, yes. So anyway, coming forward. So you guys are here, California. You buy a house that you have to remodel is what it sounds like, right? That's you kind of just stepped into that. Well, there the disagreements began. I mean, I think you can, and that's interesting about relationship. I think you can work well in certain um, setups and then you might not work well in others. And we had what I thought was a very, um, I wouldn't say strong because we weren't even together that long in the grand scheme of things, but we had an enjoyable relationship in New York City. We, we met there, we worked well there. Um, the way we lived enabled us to be like very fulfilled individuals as well as a family unit. When we transplanted that without a strong foundation, without years of you know work on intimacy, without communities out here, without, I've now learned like I do verbal agreements in all of my relationships. Um, no more legal agreements, but verbal agreements. And we hadn't verbally agreed on what even our life out here would look like. And so we both started off operating on autopilot. And it's funny, like I didn't even, I didn't know feng shui was a thing until this renovation, but I just thought it was wrong to move into a home, not know the home very well, and then start to rip it up. And not know, I kept saying, isn't there some kind of roadmap for where things are supposed to go and why? And there is, and it's called feng shui, but you know, it just felt like an assault on the home to come in there and rip it up. I got pregnant um, with our second, so we had a baby and I was pregnant and we're ripping up this house and he changed his work structure, was out all day. I wasn't working, I was home. And it triggered a lot of stuff from childhood of, you know, I helped raise much younger brother. So again, I was home alone in a house being renovated with two little babies. And I just thought, how did this happen? You know, I was just a fashion designer in New York City, and now I'm back in my childhood. They're my children. It's my home. But none of it felt like me. I can imagine. I mean, all of those different things. It's like your identity. Where was it? It's gone at that point. Yeah. yeah because you're not doing anything that you've done and you don't have any familiar surroundings. So you got into this renovation process and you were asking these questions, which it's so interesting because I don't know if people like everybody does that, but you're saying it and it's making me think, yeah, we have to renovate a bathroom right now. <laughs> you know, seriously. 
uh, because yeah. we don't have a choice at this point. But it just made me think, huh, do I have, would I have thought of those things that you're talking about before you even said that? And I don't think I would have. So well, I'm, I'm happy to help you with the process, but yeah, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it, there's such an animism to me in space and, and I, you know, you can't, where does that come from? Is that, is that a gift? Is that some kind of wave of consciousness? Is it a, is it a past life thing? Um, is it growing up in that never ending Victorian renovation and really feeling the shifts of, you know, my parents had bought, um, a Victorian home that had been converted into three apartments. And then we reconverted it into a single family home over the course of a decade while living there wow. with four kids. And so you would live on one floor, reno another, move up there. You know, it was just such a, you know, it's who I am. It's in my makeup now. And, mm -hmm. and it was all flooding back into me. In, because in our New York apartment, I knew I really wanted to redo the guest room to make a nursery. And I wanted it to have a certain vibe and a feel and for very specific reasons. But a whole home reno really got me back in tune with my connection with space after not really having a space of my own for a while. When you're young, you pop all around, you know. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so in this, here you are, you're renovating, you have your kids, um, or what you're pregnant and you have a uh, one-year-old you said, right? At the time. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I know that somewhere in there, something must've happened with the Feng Shui, but something also happened with the marriage too, right? And they're all the same thing, right? Um, I, had, I had walked out of Ralph Lauren on a lunch break when I was pregnant with my first, which was not like a highly advisable move, but I just like couldn't do it. Walked like 60 blocks home and was like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna do things my own way going forward. And then I hadn't heard of Reiki, but like felt the need to find Reiki and during that pregnancy and loved it. So when I was unexpectedly pregnant again, my body was asking for more Reiki. And I thought I'm out here, I'm not working, I didn't know anybody, wonder if I could find a Reiki teacher and I could learn something as opposed to just going to get treatments. And so I started studying with um, a Reiki master and she had a reading list for her level one Reiki class. And she said to me, I think you should read this book. And it was called Move Your Stuff, Change Your Life by Karen Rauch Carter. Rauch, Rauch, Carter. And I did, and it, it like lit me up inside. And um, it's all about her feng shui modality. And so I realized, you know, some of the moves we had made in the house were in line with that. Some weren't. Turns out Karen was then living in Southern California. So I had her come do a consultation. My husband was very angry. I had spent the money to have, you know, this, this thing done, didn't believe in it, didn't want it. And he came to part of the consultation and then, you know, splintered off at some point. And she pulled me aside and she said, um, what are you doing for work? You know, I'm like very, very pregnant. And um, I'm like, I'm not. And she's like, well, I would really, I would really start to think about what you can do. And we were in a retrofitted garage that I had kind of set up as a studio 
to do some design work. And so she talked about the feng shui of the office and, you know, I had my desk up against the wall that, that doesn't leave room for opportunities. So she didn't say to me, you're going to get a divorce and need to support yourself soon. But she did. It, it took me, if it took me a bit of time to hear that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I see it with my clients, there's so much information going on and you're moving things around and it's overwhelming and you almost have to go back and sit with it. And it wasn't long after my second son was born that my ex-husband, you know, basically presented me with a divorce that he had been organizing for a long time. And oh wow! That, and I was surprised, but not. And and you know, it became clear throughout just that bit of renovating and and even in that feng shui consultation, I was like, we're just not aligned. And I don't think there's the passion there to get aligned. I felt like we had come together to have those children. And, you know, we, we are really wonderful co-parents. So who knows? Yeah, you don't know. I mean, it's just interesting, though, what other people can pick up on, in a sense, without saying, hey, I'm picking up that this may be happening for you. Um, so at that point, here you are, you're going through a divorce and I'm still wondering like, okay, you got some Reiki when you were pregnant, then you had, you know, this woman come out. And so what, um, what, what was that? Like, what made you go, okay, there's something to what I'm doing. Like there had to be a direction. Like what, how did you choose a direction? Well, you know, I, I think I pick up these skill sets. And so I had the engineering degree and then fashion design. And then I was taking sociology classes and continuing education. I went through and became a Reiki master myself. And then I started studying feng shui. All of this was really just done because I had an interest. And when I have an interest, I can get a bit myopic and I just want to drill down. I see it with my sons now, they're falling in love with baseball. And they want to read like biographies of great players and they want to study statistics. It's, it's out there. So in the same way, and I never thought I would share it. I just thought they would be like my tools for living life as a curious person. And it would just give me more capabilities. You know, Reiki is wonderful for children and, and different things like that. And I just thought, Oh, feng shui, I'll just, you know, I didn't really get to do it in that house because he kept our home and I moved out. So I just started playing it, playing with it as we were bopping around LA in different rentals. And each time I would activate a home, a whole new world would open up in terms of who I was calling in as a lover, what kind of food I wanted to eat, what work opportunities were presented to me. Um, the the tone of the relationship with my ex, with our children, with my friends, and it was marvelous, but it was almost like secret world. It, it became this like um, more than a hobby, but I just, again, never thought about sharing it, just like a, a tool for living. And I went to work for a celebrity florist. I ran his perfume business using my engineering degree. Actually, the perfumery was in the town my parents had moved to when we were semi-estranged. And I kept coming to their town. We rekindled our relationship. Um, soon as that relationship got back on track, I got let go from the perfumery. 
So it was like, it was this, these vehicles kept leading me places. And then it wasn't in, the divorce got pretty nasty. It happened quick. I thought we were all even Steven. And then there was time to revisit something mm -hmm. that was supposed to happen on an annual basis. And I went to a new attorney for help because the other attorney, it's a whole thing. I didn't really, I didn't really do anything with the attorney the first time I just trusted. I signed the stuff. I believed everything would be cool and fair. And then I started to find out it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. And as I discovered that, you know, support changed pretty dramatically and the, you know, we couldn't make rent and I wasn't working and the kids were not even like one, they were, they were not even three and five. And, you know, there's preschool couple hours a day. It's a private preschool, high tuition. It's this whole thing. And we, we, I had done a ton of feng shui where we were living. I had set it up as a space rental in an art studio. And I was like, do I gamble and like make my rent that way? Management company called me. They're like, the place has never looked better. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and we have a property about a mile away we want to show to you. And I'm like, okay. You know, I thought I was going to get evicted. I'm in trouble. I hadn't met my one-year lease. So go see the property. And it's a one-bedroom apartment in a very safe little deco building, you know, in mid-city Los Angeles. There's holes in the wall. There's lights ripped out. Whoever had lived there before had been kicked out, had this violent relationship. So that's interesting energy. But they said, you know, we feel for you. Um, we wanna, we want you to be here. We're gonna, you know, give you the best rate we can. It was a rent-controlled building, and you can go month to month, and you don't need a security deposit. Wow. And so, this is what I found with feng shui, where you get to a point where the decisions are just made for you. You know, you've teed up alignment, even if things look like they're a mess because things are falling away that don't serve you. Then alignments reveal. And they said, oh, by the way, you can pick out new light fixtures, pick out a paint color, and we'll even pay to put up window treatments and to put locks on the windows for the kids. And you can use a storage unit in the basement because we know it's... So I called my parents crying. I'm like, can you believe this? They're like, we can't. That's the most practical thing you've ever done. Um, and I was like, I didn't even really do it. So they offered to pay last month's rent, first month's rent. So all of a sudden we went from disaster to like a fresh start, a safe little port of the storm within two weeks time. And we, wow. And as soon as I moved in there, not as soon, but I did a round of feng shui about four months in there. I layered color on the walls. I did some other things. I had had like a little retail job that I needed to have to show family court. I had a job and then I, my phone just started ringing from friends of friends hearing about my feng shui literally as the new paint was going on the walls. And that's how my business started. I didn't have a, I didn't know the structure of how I was going to share the work, the pricing, what I needed to bring, how I was going to do it. But it, that was two years ago in May. And it's just, it's, you know, it, keep, it keeps us afloat and, and it's growing and it's, but I know, I mean, I just did it because I needed to. I, and that's what I was saying. Like, we can't overthink this stuff. No, I think that there's always opportunity if we allow it. It's just not going to necessarily be the picture that you might have. 
like single mom of two being a feng shui consultant mm-hmm. in Los Angeles in a one bedroom apartment. No, it was like nothing that I had ever picked out for my life. I'm sure. And now you're not living in that same place anymore. Or are you still there? We were there two years and two months. And, um, and now we're um, actually back to the neighborhood where my ex lives. I found a rental four doors down around November. We had cleaned up the court stuff and um, business was doing well. And I was like, I think we're ready for a single family home again. And I got a download. Um, I believe that my, my version of feng shui keeps folks in intuitive alignment. So you start to know your own truths and you get these messages because you've been dialoguing with your home. You could start to dialogue with your higher self in a, a much more enhanced way. And so my download came through that shit's about to hit the fan globally. You need to be in nature and you need to be close to their dad. Wow. So I, I knew what my price range was for renting. There was one home available in his neighborhood and it was four doors down. He was cool with it. You know, I just wanted to be polite, but I also wanted to make peace after, you know, years of legal stuff to be like, I accept. Oh. Are you there? Sorry. Yeah, okay. I accept, I accept you know, your lifestyle, I will move to your neighborhood and I will find a way to make it work because it's not an inexpensive neighborhood. And now, now LAUSD is not opening up all of fall. So we're going to set up a homeschool classroom and be able to walk the kids back and forth. And my kids have a yard. They're not driving the ladies in that apartment building crazy. And it's, you know, it's all working out. That's cool. So I want to get to the fun part of, um, not that this hasn't been fun, okay. but, <laughs> but the whole part about this, you know, the feng shui and your sex life and all of that. And, you know, I, I know you wrote this note to the people in preschool, but there had to be obviously something going on that even made you think about doing that. Well, I just wanted to share this work I was testing on my own. And that was like, I was obsessed with and, and like myopically obsessed with this like alternate reality of activating these homes and then activating them differently. And mind you, we had no furniture. We had like, we left the house with really not anything. And I had a few house plants. So it was like, I'm doing this. What could these ladies do with like furniture and spouses and homes and, and just want, you know, who's home over Christmas break. Let's do this holiday break. So it was through those sessions that I learned very quickly and I'm seeing, you know, single at the time, still single dating. And so my mind is on that, you know, I, I got married young and here I am like having this whole resurgence of, you know, maybe what my twenties could have looked like. And so I have lovers, I'm dating. And then I go into these homes and immediately I can tell these are not the women who answered weren't even the women I was super close with. Um, they were women I knew of from school, but walking into their homes, I could immediately tell who was fucking their husband, who wasn't, who wanted to, but wasn't, who didn't want to. And I could see all the layers in their bedrooms and I could see broader patterns in their homes. And I just thought, Oh, cool. Like I'm, 
I, maybe all of these things mix together. And that's where that epiphany that so many homes um, have everything, right? Have everything that you could think of, but they might be missing that layer of sensuality. Not sexuality, but sensuality. And that ability just to drop in and be in the present moment and engage with your loved ones. Get on the floor and play with your young children. Connect with your spouse at the end of a long day. Be able to date with confidence. All these different layers. But it was those initial consults where the sex piece really came to the front because feng shui is about space. I have a fascination with personal style from my background. And then here came the sex piece of the puzzle. And um, I was actually considering studying either feng shui or to become a sex consultant, sex therapist. And so maybe that piece just got mixed in there too. That's pretty wild. And those are two different things usually like, okay, my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool though. And so when you would, obviously you're going in there. And so it's the feel that you got, it was an intuitive feel that you got about what was happening rather than how it looked or was it both? They, they work in tandem. It's hard to separate the two. There's intuition, but I don't let that steer the whole thing. I really go off of um, the visual metaphors. And if they, if they give me more data that matches with my intuition, and plus I have an intake, which I didn't have then, but now I do, and I have people tell me like what, what they want to work on and why they want to work on it. I want to go in with just enough information to stay kind of neutral, but have their desires or what I call their declared intent that we will infuse into the space and their style and their sex life to get them the desired result. And the results might even be bigger and better than they ever could have imagined. But we have our starting point. I have my intuition. And then I have the visual metaphors, like the woman who I knew didn't want to be intimate with her husband had pictures of her daughter all over the room and then like tons of old weird baby stuff under the bed broken internet routers were down there too like um parts of a changing table and so i could just tell it was like this like i'm a mother just a mother you know it was very interesting and i didn't say like you don't want to fuck your husband do you because i was still finding my my way through all of it and Right. Mom at the preschool, but um, and I can tell when my clients are ready to take away a block or when they just want to know that the block is there and then they can decide do I want to take all the baby stuff and old electrical wiring out from under my bed? Do I want my daughter watching me be intimate or do I not? But just knowing that they have these options, mm -hmm. that, that's a lot of the work. We, we do a lot of note taking of things that we could do when we're ready to do them from a place of alignment. So there's no pressure and there's no race to do it. So then tell me a little bit about what kind of success stories you have with that, because I'm assuming you went into these people's homes and things changed. Yes. And even, you know, with the moms, it was more of just gave me some confidence and, um, but I've had hundreds of clients since then and people are able to, um, you know, call in so much more alignment with their current relationships and if they want a proposal, an engagement, a marriage. I have feng shui marriages. I have feng shui babies. I have feng shui divorces. I have all sorts of 
all sorts of stuff. I mean, what I think is so fascinating about um, at least the way we channel the energy, there's a million schools and sects of feng shui, but what I really believe my work does is it's almost a non-specific form of catalyzing and navigating great change. So you ask for what you want, but then you seem to get what you need. And those are different things. I didn't feng shui with Karen to learn I was going to get a divorce and have to support myself, but it's absolutely what I needed. And I don't, and I don't think feng shui causes it. I think it almost helps you hit some kind of cosmic fast forward so you can get through your shit to get to your treasures. And it just speeds the process along. But that's why I give my clients tools of, I would do this, I would move this, I would paint this, I would edit that when you're ready. And then you can choose your own adventure. I'm Because a lot of times what we're asking for is not actually what we're ready for. That's true. That makes sense. And so just knowing, okay, if it gets to the point I'm ready, or it gets to the point I have to be ready, I can do these things and I can check in with Megan. And, and that feels very empowering. I, I, you know, I, I think my life story, all I want is for people to be themselves and to be empowered to be themselves. And that's why I love sharing this work, even if it comes in a very kind of bizarre container that I never could have imagined. I think it's kind of funny. Um, you know, a lot of the people I interview and myself included definitely didn't start out here <laughs> and no way would have ever known that that's what, you know, we were going to be doing. Um, but I think that's the beauty of life too, because I think it's not that we all fit into these uh, containers where this is what you're going to do. And these are the parameters for it. I think you actually can become very depressed and not happy, obviously, doing that because that's somebody else's vision for your life. 100%. And there's a feng shui map and the first quad, you know, the first zone of it is called life path. And, it, and you know, I call it life path. It's about career, but it's about the much bigger picture. And a life path is meandering. It's associated with the material element of water. Water's wild. You know, you have to surrender. You have to flow. You have to surf the waves. But until you're ready to do that, it's, it's quite turbulent. And you don't hold still in water, even if you want to. I watch my little ones get in the ocean, and I'm like, wait, shit, come back here. <laughs> you just move it on down the coast, you know. So uh, yeah. thank goodness for it. Thank goodness for, for that movement. Mm -hmm. But it's hard at the same time. Yeah, it is. So I'm curious with obviously with the pandemic that you're probably not going to people's homes at this point. Or are you doing this on Zoom now? Like what is what has this done for your business at this point? Well, I had a, another download last October to make um, put most of my business online. Um, I have a private practice pretty well developed in New York City and San Francisco and Los Angeles, but I wanted to, I had always had remote sessions that I offered, um, lots of clients in London and Paris and Australia. Um, but I thought, what if I took it more online? What if I didn't make there a price difference between in-person and remote? And what if I had an online membership? So I started building out that online 
uh, a while ago. And so there's really been no change for me. Um, I was able to do one site visit up at a big ranch that felt safe and, you know, we could, um, lots of open air, but that's it. But everything's been online and I think online almost gives us a whole other, I'm sure you see this with your, um, podcast, the technical connection almost gives you another layer of data, right? It does. Or whatever's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And with my clients too, um, I think that there's more people that prefer, prefer Zoom, even though I do usually phone calls for people in the country. Um, So before we wrap it up, you know, what are some tips that you would give to people, um, you know, that are not necessarily sure about their environment, you know, where they're like, is there something that I could do? Should I be doing something here? Like, what are some tips that you could give? Well, I wrote a free list um, called Infusing Calmness. I wrote it in the early days of COVID and that's a free download on my website. Um, But in terms of just getting started with this work, I really like people to turn on their detective eyes, just try to cut, drop into a bit of neutrality, like it's not your home, to go take a stroll, you know, put on your mask and your gloves and go to the grocery store. But then when you come home, just really pay attention to entering your home and entering through the true intended front door of the home. And you'll start to see stuff. And I, you know, my work is a lot less about symbolism it's not superstitious there's that engineering angle of you know are there spider webs is the light out is the doormat cool does the door open can i walk in do i have a beautiful line of sight is stuff just dumped all over does that make me feel tired that it's dumped all over you know and even just working through that entrance and then if you really want to compound it go from your entrance and then walk yourself into your bedroom pay attention to all of those emotional triggers or I have all this I have like a whole vocabulary pockets of discord and all the rest as you get back to particularly if you're single and wanting to date I'll just do that with my clients on on FaceTime walk me to your bedroom Mm -hmm. and and you see things and you understand that um, we all pick up subliminal messages subconscious messaging even even in especially ourselves in our own home where we can so easily go on autopilot. And you're like, I don't know if I like the hamper right beside my bed. You know, I don't know if that is sexy to me. I don't know if I need, you know, three TVs that I can see as soon as I walk in the house, what, whatever it is, right? Yeah. This is, it's not rocket science, but all of these tiny tweaks in tandem lead to such an exponential opening that it becomes addictive. I could see where it would be. And it's like, you're talking, I'm like, every time I always go in my bedroom, I feel a sense of peace, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's something peaceful about it. I don't know what I associate that with. Um, But yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think it is. Um, I've lived in places where I've definitely felt like some of the things that you're talking about, where it's like this disconnect and I remember reading something somewhere and it talked about not having your work in your bedroom. And I used to have my desk in my bedroom and I had all my work in my bedroom and it was like, okay, no, you don't want to do that. So I'm really actually very careful about that now, but, um, but it does make a difference. 
It absolutely does. And it's, I share with my membership, I have a membership called Room for More and, and we have forums and Q&A and all this stuff. And it's like, I live and breathe my work. A lot of my members are, you know, live and breathe it in their own life, but we still get so excited by these subtle changes that are not subtle. You know, it's like, why would moving the orientation of the desk make such a difference? And you can read in a lot of feng shui books about why you have to, and you'll die of lung cancer if you don't. And it's oh just like so extreme. But then if you just let yourself like listen to your body, listen to your intuition, go with what feels right, move it. And like, then this like sparkle comes over the whole area and you're like, well, I don't, and I'm really like, we don't need to know why or how it works, but it's working. It changes it. And it's so fun. It sounds like it. It sounds like, gosh, I want to go play in my house now, you know, and do it, download my list and go through it. Yeah. And there's a whole list on there about, um, calling in, um, calling in romance. And there's another one for calling in wealth. So if people are listening who are like, want to get started with non-traditional feng shui, mm -hmm. you can kind of pick your poison. So where do they go on your website and what is your website so that everybody knows where to find you? Well, um, it's my name. It's MeganWallaceJames.com, and um, it's a pretty crazy world on there. There's lots of places to poke around. It's pretty colorful, but um, the lists are under the heading lists. It's a hard word to say. Yeah, and the private practice is up there, and there's a blog with a bunch of free content. My press, there's lots of free content on there too. Um, I try to be really generous with getting people started and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I hear from people all the time who have never worked with one-on-one, -on -one, but they're able to um, catalyze and navigate big change just by, you know, what they pick up. So I love that. I think that's the way energy should work. I think it should. I think that's great. I know I give a lot away for free as far as education and helping people um, because I do my regular podcast is weekly and I talk about attachment issues and all sorts of emotional behavioral stuff. And so, um, and a lot of people get that. So I think it's great that you do that. I think that it's just sharing that with people who may not be able to afford to do something or it leads them into it where they're like, you know, I've really gotten a lot from this and I can get so much more by hiring her. Um, you know, I think those are great things. Um, is there anything else that you feel like you want to share before we uh, wrap up? I, I feel like I've shared a lot. So I think we should <laughs> just call it, but I really appreciate this opportunity to um, connect with you, connect with your audience. And I'm um, a total open book. So if anyone has other questions, they can, there's lots of ways to connect with me through my website. That's awesome. Well, Megan, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. So thank you for being on here. Awesome. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. You are welcome. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. And you can leave comments wherever you happen to find the videos. And if you have questions, you can always send them to podcast at tracycrossley.com. Otherwise, I will see you guys next time. Take care. Bye-bye. For more information about Tracy and her programs and to set up a discovery session, email happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com or go to the website for more information. And thank you for tuning in to Moving On.